Today is the 20th and final episode of season one of Make Impact. We have Daniel McKamey, the founder, president, and CEO of Docs, also known as DMPs of Color. Doc's focus is on networking, mentorship, and advocacy to increase diversity in doctoral studies, clinical practice, and leadership. Stay tuned to hear more about Danielle's story and her passion to support, encourage, and inspire within her incredible sphere of influence. From Make Films, you're listening to Make Impact, a podcast about creative problem solving and the leaders who are changing their industries for the better. Here's your host, filmmaker and entrepreneur, Derek Diener. Well, thanks, Danielle McKamey, for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. So I'd love to jump in with a couple of kind of background questions so our listeners could get to know you a bit. Um, And we'll start off with the first one. Where are you born and where do you live now? Um, So I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, and I still live in Alexandria, Virginia. (laughs) So I didn't go too far away. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. No, that's great. And you have a lot of family there, I guess. So kind of I do. My yeah. poor family's here. Um, so that's uh, I grew up in a single parent family household. So my mom, my sister, my nieces, and then I have um, extended family primarily in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we kind of venture back and forth okay. and hang out in South, but primarily hang out in Virginia. Oh, that's great. That's great. And and what do you like to do on your days off? How do you like to spend your days off? I know oh, you're busy, uh, uh, busy with your job, but what do you like to do on your days off? You know, I get this question asked of me a lot. <laughs> yeah. So um, typically on my days off, it's I love doing stuff for my nonprofit, but separate from my nonprofit, I ride a motorcycle. And so me and a couple of friends will just kind of hit the road, um, just enjoy the sun, being out on the elements. And yeah. it's we say it's it's a form of therapy because it's you, the road, and all the risks that come, but also <laughs> the beautiful experience of just kind of just being in that moment. So I like to That's ride my cool. motorcycle. Um, pre-pandemic, I mean, I was trying to take like many trips here and there, but mm-hmm. but more, most consistently it's riding my motorcycle. Okay, great. Well, that's, I would not have guessed that. That's awesome. I love that. I love <laughs> yes. that. I'm not, I'm not uh, a huge adventurer myself. So uh, I, I love, I mean, like, you know, riding with a convertible car, you know, driving around. That's pretty fun. I don't have one, but it's also on a beautiful day. It's, I get the appeal of like a beautiful day on a motorcycle. It's probably amazing. Absolutely. It yeah. is absolutely yeah. amazing. Okay, great. And the last kind of getting to know you question here is what's, what's an interesting fact that not a lot of people know about you? I feel like the motorcycle one is probably a good one, but what, what's another one? one. <laughs> um, I am an avid Latin dancer. I love okay. um, bachata and salsa and merengue. Um, so I like to kind of cut a rug here and there. I can't wait to get to the clubs open back up. So oh, I can yeah. get back in there on the dance floor. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I am not a good dancer at all, but I actually really love to dance. I'm not, not like a, not like a, yeah, anything just, I just like to move. I love music. I'm a musician, yes. so I love just to move. And I, I feel like I could just be out just dancing all night and not even care. Just like it's love, liberating. Love. Exactly. I'm so excited <laughs> for that to come back too. Oh my goodness. So we're, we're getting there, right? It's like slowly, but surely. You're, slowly, I mean, but surely. 
you're on the front lines of it all. So I, I'm, yeah. you know, when you say that, that makes me feel good too. Cause when I say that it's op- optimism, when you say that, I feel like it means something. So. It, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. We're moving in the right direction slowly, but surely. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, I would like to jump right in. Not a lot of people know your story that are listening right now. Just share with me your story. I'd love to hear kind of where you got started and, and then how you got to the place you're at today. So, um, so DMPs of Color, we're a nonprofit organization that focuses on um, creating community for nurses of color that have their doctorates through, um, we like to focus on mentorship, networking, and advocacy. So DMPs of Color came to me during my doctorate experience. Um, I went to a predominantly white institution, and when I first started, I was the lone woman of color, and um it was fine. I felt supported. But as I kind of like um, dug deeper into the scholar world and I'm the first in my family to get a doctorate. So it became kind of a little bit more of a, a lonely journey because I, I couldn't identify with my cohort mates that didn't have kind of like the same upbringing or same experiences that I had. Um, and so and then also being the first in my family to get a doctorate, it's, it's just a different level of uh, I guess, pressure to succeed, mm. pressure to prove yourself. So I felt alone. And so I looked to the different nursing organizations that I was a part of to try to find, you know, uh, within the organizations that kind of cater to people of color, their experiences, especially in getting their doctorate. And I couldn't find any. So I just took to, to Facebook and I made it a random group and I called it at the time I was toiling between DMPs of diversity and DMPs of color. So then um, I kind of looked around and was like, okay, of color is the, you know, the word for our community. So I'll just call it DMPs of color. And I like mm-hmm. how it was a play on words, DOC for doc. Yeah. 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 Um, and so literally within a month, I probably had like 200 people join that Facebook group, okay. kind of like similar stories of feeling isolated. Um, mm-hmm. And because uh, these individuals identify with being people of color, they they express stories of discrimination or not getting uh, offered the same level of support or opportunity. Hmm. So we use this group just to kind of like vent and support each other. And um, it also served as a source of inspiration for those that had already completed it. So people were like cheering us on, like, you guys can do it. Yeah. Um, and also offering their networks and kind of like the, um, we call it the game book. It's like some things just aren't readily shared if you're not in certain circles or communities, Mm -hmm. especially within nursing. So um, we continue to grow organically and continue to be that source of support and safe space. And so now we've grown to 1400 people combined in our uh, private social media groups. So we are, um, it's expanded way beyond than I ever could have imagined. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you were sharing with me a little bit of your story when you were young about your, your dreams of being in healthcare and, you know, what were some of the things that you heard as a kid, you know, of, of color in, in school from even your own guidance counselor? Oh gosh, the guidance counselor. Yeah. So sorry to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's part, it's part of my story, right? So the guidance counselor, I had always, my mom had always instilled in us to always go further than what, what she did. She always instilled in us excellence. She never um, let us believe that we had any limitations. So I went into to school and to life with that kind of innocent rose colored glasses view. Like I can do anything. Like all I have to do is put my mind to it. And I was pretty successful at that. And so 
Um, when it came down, down to looking for college, no one in my family went to college. So I was like, okay, well, let me go to the expert because the guidance counselor is definitely the expert. <laughs> so I go to the guidance counselor and, you know, share like my hopes and dreams. And I'm like, I want to go to UVA and maybe I can go to University of Pennsylvania. Like I want to go to Ivy League. And so she's like, that all sounds well and good, but let's just kind of talk about your reality. Like you're in dream world right now, which is, which is nice. But we have to talk about your circumstances. So then she started saying, well, you're a product of a single parent family household and your mom, you know, her income is less than $30,000. And on top of that, you've been struggling to get over a thousand on your SATs. And so she was like, so statistically, you won't be able to be even considered for those type of institutions, not even a little bit. And so she was like, from my expert opinion, I think that you should just you know, consider getting a job, just work on finishing high school. And that's probably the best path for you because, you know, specifically people of color, they just don't make it. Um, And you kind of have those circumstances that define that. And like, literally it was like a shot to the heart. Like I, it, I never thought about myself within no circumstances ever. I never thought about us being poor, you know, that being in a single parent family household would kind of box me into this place and space of statistics and that it would hinder me from any opportunity. I'd never thought that ever. And my mom kind of created this environment that we didn't have any limits. So I was just stunned. And so I, I left the, I left her office just like, what just happened? So I was like, okay, well, let me try to rework my plan because I have to do something. Mm-hmm. So I went to, so it was a, it was an appointment late in the day. So I went to track practice because I was um, on the track team at the time and mm-hmm. I had been crying and I was trying to clear my face up before practice, but I just couldn't compose myself. So my track coach at the time, he's very in tune and very kind of into his athletes. So I'm the team captain, so I'm leading drills and I'm trying to, you know, like not cry, but I, I'm just so overwhelmed. And he's like, McKamey, what's up? And I'm like, nothing, coach. I'm good. I'm good. And he's like, get over here, girl. <laughs> he's quite the character. He's tough love. Yeah. He's like, are you crying? I'm like, yeah. So I, I recount the story with him. And he was like, McKamey, if I could shake you, I would. He was like, don't you know that those circumstances you can use to your advantage? So he starts outlining all the things that I could take advantage of, all the resources, all the community groups that I could get linked in. He started expanding um, some of his network of people, his friends to get me connected and started just giving me the, the rules to the playbook. And yeah. so it just literally just, I promise you, I feel like that moment, I can close my eyes and I can see us like it was yesterday in that wow. moment that it, I think that single-handedly changed the trajectory of my life. So what a what a couple of hours uh, as a as a high schooler going through hearing that news of of kind of your bubble bursts and then kind of rebuilding what what you can go that's amazing it's, it's yeah. incredible though to have a coach like that and i guess so like looking back is that is that motivation from your coach is what kind of instilled in you kind of this drive to to create dmps of color Absolutely. Because I think that what happens with communities of color, and I can speak to my experience, you have the talent, you have the intelligence, but we just don't necessarily have the community, the network because of where we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for my for my case, specifically being in impoverished neighborhoods, you know, not really seeing other role models that are kind of um, aspiring that I can actually talk to, to 
help me get to the next level. So what my coach instilled in me was having me look beyond my circumstances and not be defined by it, but utilize it to catapult me to the next level. And then he also taught me the value of we just need an opportunity. Once we get someone to basically sponsor us or provide us an opportunity, we take hold of it and we just go. And so that's kind of like the, the, the underlying fire within DMPs of color. And I always say to myself, I just want to make more docs. I just want to make more docs. Whatever we can do yeah. to create more opportunity, to give them the, 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 the rules to the playbook, to help bring them on. Like, did you know about this grant? Did you know about this mentor? Did you know about this program? Because um, you'd be surprised that people just don't know. And it's because we just don't have the network or the opportunity yeah. presented to us. A lot of you have probably heard of Audible.com. Uh, I've used Audible for the past seven years. I've read over 80 books. I actually learned from a friend if I've been listening to books 30% faster. So I do the, use the 1.3 times faster. And it's just a way to kind of get books faster with my efficiency brain. But it, it helps me. You know, it's amazing. I, I love to stay connected, informed. Uh, and inspired by audible.com. So you can sign up for your free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus at audibletrial.com slash makeimpact. That's audibletrial.com slash makeimpact. Happy listening. What other, can you talk about other challenges that you faced, you know, going through, you know, becoming a DMP of color over your, um, you know, educational career? Oh gosh. So, um, <laughs> you know, once we, once we get past school, then you have to deal with the politics within healthcare. So having your doctorate in nursing is not as, uh, I don't want to say not as well regarded, but it's it basically not as well regarded. So you have to, in essence, again, prove your worth, prove that you have earned your terminal degree and what does that all entail? So for me, I've had to just create space. I'm like, you know what? I've got my doctorate. I've worked hard for it. I have, mm -hmm. you know, done the work. And I know that because I have a doctorate, the work continues. So I've, I've been strategic in creating spaces within um, the health system that I work in. It's called the Doctoral Nurses Collaborative, where we've literally engaged all the nurses that have their doctorate in the health system into this one collaborative group. And we mentor, we mentor students, we publish we do research. So we're um, creating space that adds value, not only to the institution, but to each other in our professional development. So really educating our colleagues about our value and solidifying our place in the doctoral world, if you will. Yeah. So not only were you, so you're saying not only were you dealing with kind of being someone of color, but then within the medical community, even the DMP role has its challenges too, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've, you've overcome a ton now. So tell me, what are you doing now? What's your current role and where are you working now? What are you doing? So currently I'm a chief of the pre-anesthesia department and I also work on the side as a, a senior nurse practitioner in critical care medicine. And then of course, DMPs of color keeps me pretty busy as we continue to gain momentum, but that's kind of uh, my job that pays the bills is yeah. uh, the chief and the nurse practitioner role. Yeah. What, what do you think, uh, what do you envision, you know, uh, what, what do you envision and hope for the future of DMPs of color? 
Oh gosh, I think about this all the time. And, you know, it continues to get bigger and bigger. You know, my my vision for DMPs of color and, and as a founder, you know, you get to certain phases where it's like, this is my baby, but I'm learning to like, let it go. Cause we're yeah. getting more and more people that are interested that are, that see the vision and want to also help it elevate and grow. So that just gets me excited, but I'm also like, but now I have to share it. Yeah. But I want it to be a place where we become the voice that elevates nurses of color that have their doctorates and and the significance that that carries is huge, especially now we're looking to having more diverse healthcare providers, increased diversity in the workforce within healthcare. So we are at a very pivotal moment in nursing where they're looking to increase more nurses with doctorates and also increase more diversity. So we are at this place where you know, I, I want us to be international, <laughs> yeah. um, where we make an impact and be the voice and represent. And like I said, our pillars are through mentorship, advocacy, and networking, because uh, providing opportunity is the missing link to get more diversity in healthcare, in nursing, and at the doctorate level. So I'm hoping we can be that yeah. voice in that powerhouse space. I mean, why? Uh, so, Talk about the importance of diversity within, you know, the nursing um, community, you know, in local hospitals. Like, what, why is that an important thing, and why are you so passionate about that? Oh gosh! So it, it it's no secret that diversity in healthcare, diversity in nursing, helps to allow for decrease in implicit bias. It's basically an act in helping to dismantle racism within our healthcare system because the more diverse workforce you have, the less biases and and it allows us to identify with the patients that we're caring for. And when patients see providers that they can identify with that look like them, they're more likely to have increased trust. They're more likely to adhere to their um, uh, patient treatment plans. They're more likely to um, want to be motivated to take care of themselves. Um, and they're more likely to take the medical advice needed. So, and um, and it's just what I'm learning that it, it's just good for business. When you have people that represent communities of color that are either that have been marginalized or underrepresented, it allows for a greater perspective and a richness to thought, a richness to how we care and treat people. Because some of the literature supports that people of color tend to have less bias than those that aren't people of color. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that's really wreaking havoc on um, the care of patients today. Well, and and, um, how has this past year, you know, affected you and your team and your community at DMPs of Color? It's been a, it's been a hard year. I mean, the George Floyd, I mean, that's literally just been a mark in history Mm -hmm. of elevating the stories that have gone either silenced, unheard, not spoken of. And I'm, I'm glad that, and that sounds like an oxymoron, but I am glad that we finally get people's attention of things that we've been trying to say that happened to us Mm -hmm. daily but it's been rough. Um, we've been focusing on just creating space for people just to have dialogue, yeah. um, just to just decompress and just to however that dialogue comes out, just to let it be. 
because um, a lot of us are carrying a lot of weight. A lot of us see that's, that, that could be my uncle, that could be my cousin, that could be my dad. So we've been working on just taking care of each other and providing spaces of support, but it's, it's been tough for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, from, from my perspective, it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to even, even comment or speak of it because I can't relate to what you're going through. I'm, I'm just trying to listen and understand as much as I can and, and be someone to support you guys and just help as much as I can, you know? And I appreciate you coming on our podcast and sharing with our listeners the journey that you've been on and the journey that you're trying to help um, other people in the, in the medical community go on of color because, man, it, it's, you know, championing them. That, that whole playbook thing is huge, I think, too. You know, yes. because the, the, it's, it's like they, they talk about it a lot. Like if you go to certain colleges and then you become friends with those people, they all go out in their careers and be very successful. And now you have all this network and all these kind of connections. Absolutely. And if you don't have that opportunity, then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of out of the loop. And so, so I think, I think that's a huge piece for you and, 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 and for your organization to, to un unveil and un to reveal those you know, secrets or playbook. I mean, they're not really secrets, but just the connective, I mean, the network. Yeah. You know? So I love, I love to hear kind of encouraging words. So if somebody's listening to this, um, what kind of wisdom or advice would you give to, to those who feel, you know, marginalized looking, you know, looking to move forward in the healthcare industry or looking to move forward in a career, if they're a person of color in a career that doesn't really have the diversity that they would like to have, how, what kind of encouragement would you have for them? Well, I always, I always say, don't be defined by your circumstances, you know, utilize them to move you forward. And my mom always says, you know, get in places and spaces that you'll grow, that you can teach and learn from. But the main thing is just, just don't be defined by your circumstances, but utilize them to keep you moving forward. And oh, that's great. That's great. And, and where can people find out more information about DMPs of color? Yeah, sure. So we're on all the major social media networks, but you can start off at our website, www.dmpsofcolor.org, or you can check out our handle. It's at DMPs of Color. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, just Google us and you should be able to find us. Yeah, that's great. And we'll also link to it in the notes here on the podcast. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on today, sharing your story, sharing encouragement, um, I think people like you are on the front lines, even healthcare wise with, with everything we're fighting with COVID. Oh my goodness. What a year that you've had. Uh, have you, have you gotten any sleep this past year at all? I mean, I'm starting to get some sleep guys. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. And, uh, yeah. And I appreciate you know, the impact and I'm really excited just to follow your story and to follow DMPs of color story too, and, and hope to hear incredible success stories of all the people that you've helped. Uh, to get to you know the place that you're at in your career. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Impact. Follow our journey on Instagram at Make Impact Podcast. Make Impact is hosted by Derek Diener, written by Letitia Kreider, and produced by Letitia Kreider and Grace Wagner. Aaron Diener and Seth Bortner edit the episodes, and Lisbeth Byler is our marketing manager. Make Impact is brought to you by Make Films, a team of filmmakers producing meaningful content to inspire and motivate. Learn more at makefilms.cc. Until next time, be kind to one another and make an impact.